This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. So I have this great encouraging word for you this morning. Look at the title of my message. Storms. Oh, why did we come to church today? <laughs> but the top says not shaken, all right? How many of you have ever been caught in a storm? All right, my friend and I were driving home from Seattle one time, and minding our own business, the sun was shining, we're driving along, and all of a sudden, we are caught in the middle of this, I don't, Walla Walla does not have tornadoes, but I'm sure that's what happened. All of a sudden, the sky goes pitch black. All of a sudden, we can't see the car in front of us. We're on, now, we're on the freeway, 70 miles an hour driving. All of a sudden, we can see nothing. And I, I've never, that was the first time I ever thought I was going to die, like right there. And we stop our car, and the wind is blowing so hard, our car was lifting up and lifting up. And I'm, this was like, barely we had cell phones. I feel like we had a cell phone, but we hardly knew how to use them. And I'm like calling my husband like, I love you. You know, like telling him like my last, who do I need to call and tell him I love him because I'm dying. But what happened is this, this storm came suddenly. And in the middle of that storm, we lost visibility. We lost, we didn't know where we were. We didn't know who was in front of us. We didn't know who was behind us. And that's what happens in storms in our life. When storms happen, they happen suddenly. (laughs) And all of a sudden, we lose our equilibrium. We lose our our grounding. And all of a sudden, things that once seemed clear seem unclear. I feel like I have a word for some of you this morning. You've been in a storm. Maybe some of you are coming out of a storm. Or maybe, I hopefully, well, just maybe you're not going into one. We don't believe that. But I believe God wants to give you something because you're going to not only survive the storm, but you're going to thrive. And you're going to come out on the other side of the storm with some power and anointing that comes no other way. All right? All right, so this is what the definition of a storm is. It says a disturbed state of environment. It's marked by significant disruptions to normal conditions. I don't like storms either. Matthew, in Matthew 7, Jesus tells us what? That storms will come. This is not a kind of word we want to hear, but storms will come. But what was the promise in that? He said, if you build your house in obedience, if you, if you take what I have... The storms are going to come, but you're going to stand strong. So that was Jesus' encouragement to them. It's not if, it's when. And I found in my life that there were seasons when storms came, and there were seasons of transition. And there were things that happened in those storms that God deposited in me that were very essential to where I was going in the next season of my life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, instead of thinking of storms as something negative and bad, we're just going to be like, oh. I'm in a storm. God has something really powerful on the other side of this storm. All right, God, what are you doing? This is going to be an encouraging thing, okay? Tell your neighbor, you're going to make it. Tell your neighbor, you're going to make it. (laughs) I remember when my husband and I, when we said our, um, you know, we were people of faith. Like we grew up, my husband was like, you know, raised up in faith church, and we were, like, saying our vows, you know, and I remember thinking, like, better or worse, like, like, we're ever going to have worse, you know, like, that's for other people, (laughs) because I was like, you know, we are, like, we are men and women of God, you know, and then life happened, right? 
we had we had one storm and another storm and another storm and another storm. But sometimes sometimes we have that posture. It's like, yeah, storms aren't going to happen to me. But God wants us to be ready. God wants to give us something in the middle of those storms that we can survive and get on the other side. I want to. I've been reading uh, different storms in the Bible, and I want to share. Um, specifically out of one of those, but the story of, we know the story of Jonah, where God had sent Jonah to the city of Nineveh because there were 120,000 people in spiritual darkness. And God sent Jonah there, and Jonah didn't really want to go there. And so Jonah disobeyed the Lord, and he got in this boat, and all of a sudden, storm, storm came. That's what the Bible says. It says, suddenly, winds rose up, and there was a storm. Jesus, in Mark Chapter 4, I'm going to read this scripture too. It says, on the same day, well, first let me start here. Jesus, they'd been, this, so here's where Jesus was. They were teaching and they were feeding people, right? Jesus is teaching, the disciples are feeding people. And then Jesus says, all right, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. So he sets his boat in the water. And the Bible tells us that there are other boats that followed them. Even though they got in their boat, there are other boats that follow them. There are other boats around your boat today, all right? So on the same day in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Also other little boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose. In one of my translations, it said, suddenly a great windstorm arose. Now, these are people who were familiar with water. They were familiar with, with navigating this. But suddenly, they're caught in this great windstorm. A great windstorm arose, and the wo- waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But, they, but Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you care that we're perishing? Teacher, do you even care about what's going on in our life? Do you even care? And Jesus, it said, he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? And it says they feared exceedingly and they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him. So I want to talk a little bit about why storms. I'm going to talk about three reasons I see that we go through storms. All right, the first thing is that God wants to show us that he is stronger than the storm. All right, this is what Psalm 93, 3 and 4 says. Do we have that on a slide? No, okay. I'm going to just read it to you, all right? This is what we call old school. Turn to your Bible. How many of you bring a Bible to church? You do? I know, right? I see those phones. I see those phones. They count. Good job. You got a big one back there. Good job. That is like a big sword. All right. <laughs> Psalm 93, 3 and 4. For the floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves. But mightier than the violent raging of the sea, mightier than the breakers on the shore, the Lord above is mightier than these. God is bigger than our storm. We go through storms because we find out that God is bigger. God is going to fulfill his promise over your life. There was a story in the book of Acts about Paul, and, and, and the Lord had said to Paul, you're going to go to Rome, 
And Paul's on his way to Rome, and he gets shipwrecked, and he gets abandoned, and all this is happening. But God had said a word over his life, and God was going to make sure that they got to the other side. He told the disciples, we're going to go on to the other side. They got in the middle of the storm, but God is able to perform his word over your life. No matter what comes between us and the will of God, we're going to make it to the other side. So God is bigger than your storm. His purpose will prevail. I just want to say this over you. There are no accidents. Your bad choices can't mess up the will of God. The, the detour that you feel like you're on, there are no accidents. Paul is in this ship, and someone else makes this horrible decision, and all of a sudden, they find themselves in an island with people, and it looks like an accident. It looks like they are in the wrong place at the wrong time, and they shouldn't be there. Some of you feel like you made some choices, and you don't know, you don't know how you got where you got, or you feel like, man, maybe we screwed this up. Maybe we're not going where God wants us to go. But I'm here to tell you this morning that some of you need to look up, because there's purpose in your detour. <laughs> there's some people along the way where you got stopped. You think you got shipwrecked. You got sent. <laughs> so God is bigger than your mistakes, your bad decisions. God is bigger than your problems. Let me just say this. It doesn't matter how you got there. <laughs> Jonah's storm was because he disobeyed. Paul's storm was because someone else, someone else made some bad decisions. The storm that the disciples were in is just because they were obeying the call of God on your life. How many can say amen, right? <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> All right, so God is bigger than the storm. Number two, God gets us ready in the middle of the storm. It's a teaching moment. I love this about Jesus. You know, He's with the disciples, and he's telling them who he is, but he doesn't, he's telling them that he has authority. He's telling them about his power, but he doesn't just send them out to experience it by themselves. He's with us. He's with us in the middle of it, and he takes them there, and he causes them to be in a storm where they're not alone because he wanted to show them how to navigate the storms of life because shortly after there, we see him laying hands on them and saying, hey, by the way, you're going to go out and walk in authority, so I'm going to show you how to face the things that come against you. I'm going to show you how to walk it through, all right? So there's three things we learn when we're getting ready in the middle of the storm. We learn about ourselves. <laughs> right? How many of you know? You're getting a, I'm doing fine. You're getting a storm. You're like, oh, my gosh. All of a sudden, there I am. I'm like, well, there we are. <laughs> it all came out right in front of how many? Oh, praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> all right. Here's the Holy Spirit. Here's God's plan for your life. <laughs> I have a plan for your life. This is what it feels like. <laughs> You can just leave that up there, because that's really funny. When I see these disciples, the disciples ask two questions, and Jesus asks two questions. In the middle of our storm, often I find we are asking the wrong questions. You guys can't take me serious. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It's so funny. It's worth really enjoying. <laughs> How many roller coaster people are in the room? Do you guys have roller coasters in the area right here? Toronto. Okay. I love roller coasters. Do not like carnival rides. Roller coasters, yes. Okay. The disciples were asking two questions that I think were the, they're saying, do you care that we're drowning? Do you care that we're in trouble? 
I find that often we're asking the wrong questions. We're asking, why is there a storm? And we're asking God, do you even care? Do you even care about what I'm going through? Do you even care that my marriage is falling apart? Do you even care that I have nothing to eat? Do you even care that my kids don't serve you? Do you even care that I feel alone? Do you even care? And then we're asking, why? Why is this happening to me? Why am I here? How did I get here? But here's what Jesus is asking, all right? So here's what we learn about what we learn. He's saying, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? I think God's going after something way deeper on the inside of us. What are you really afraid of? When we're in the storm, I think we need to ask ourselves what God's really asking us. What are you really afraid of? Well, I'm afraid of this. Is that what you're really afraid of? God wants to go after those deep places. What are you really afraid of? And then he's like, where's your faith? Where's your belief in me? So we learn not only about ourselves, but we learn about God. In the middle of the storm, where do we find Jesus? <laughs> He's asleep. He's asleep on a pillow, the Bible says. I love that little added addition, right? Like, he wasn't just asleep. He was asleep on a nice little pillow. How many of you love good pillows, right? And good... Right. We learn about God. The disciples have been with Jesus on this side of the lake, and... They see Jesus as a provider. He's feeding them. They see Jesus as a teacher. And that's actually what they call him when they're in their boat. They're like, teacher. But they learned something about Jesus that freaked them out. And the Bible says they were terrified when they encountered him at this level, right? So they learned something about God in the middle of the storm that he had authority. They're like, uh, teacher, I mean, they knew, they'd seen him do incredible things. They'd been with him. They knew him. But there was something in the storm that they got that they couldn't have probably got on the other side of the lake. God revealed something to them. They're like, who is this man? Even the winds and waves obey him. So we learn something about who God is when we go through storms. When we're in the middle of things, God reveals a part and a nature of him that we really don't find any way else. The key is we got to find Jesus in our storm, right? we got to find Jesus in the storm and do what he's doing, right? Second Kings talks about Elisha, and Elisha, Elisha is ruining the enemy's plans. Elisha is a man of God, and God's revealing to him what's happening in the enemy camp. And they're, they're so mad that they send, they send troops out to, to take them out, and they're literally surrounded. They're surrounded by enemy armies, and, and, and the servants are freaking out. We're going to die. Like, how many of you like, we're going to die. Like, we're not going to survive the storm. And Elisha's like, open their eyes. Open their eyes and see. And all of a sudden, the servant's eyes are open, and they are surrounded by heaven's armies. And all of a sudden, God begins to blind the enemy. He's like, yeah, go ahead and blind the enemy. I believe this morning that God wants to open, open our eyes afresh to see that those who are for us are more than those that are against us, that he is on our side, that he has given you authority to face any mountain, any obstacle in your life, and he's going to get you to the other side. All right, so what we learn about God, we learn about ourselves, and then here's what happens I found in my life. Something gets deposited in us in a storm. Storms solidify something in us. There's something that happens when we go through a storm that fortifies us. You know, when David was fighting the lion and the bear and something got in him 
that he was ready to face Goliath when he faced Goliath. If he hadn't encountered a, a ravaging lion and, and been able to overcome, he would have never had the courage to step up and say, who's this that's defying God's people and take out a giant? God's putting something in you. Whatever you're facing this morning, I want to encourage you that God is putting something in you because he's going to do something through you and he's preparing you for the, some things that are on the other side of the lake. He's preparing you. You're going to make it to the other side. Tell your neighbor, you're going to make it. <laughs> I, I love this. Like, um, I mean, if you've been alive serving the Lord for a couple weeks, you probably experienced some slight storm, right? I, I love how, like, in the natural we name storms, you know? I've named a few storms in our life, right? Like, I try not to use names. Like, they say, like, her, you know, whatever, Hurricane Hugo or whatever those names. Like, we, I have, don't name them after people that were in your life, but... <laughs> it's just safe to say the storm of 2011 or the storm of 2008 or as a church we have storms that I'm like oh if someone even brings it up my stomach starts to turn it's like oh we survived but I'm telling you something coming through those hard times in my life are the things that have given me the stability I wish that anointing came from laying hands on someone laying hands on me and sometimes you know there's a transfer of anointing like that but often the real power for deliverance, the real power for healing comes through incredible brokenness, comes through incredible pain, that we are, we are broken and we have to grab a hold of Jesus in a way that we haven't grabbed a hold of him before. And something gets on the inside of us that solidifies us. And, you know, when the disciples, when Jesus was first arrested, they're with Jesus, they know Jesus, they've encountered all these things. And the Bible says they all fled the first time. And then Peter, when he hears the rooster crow, he's like, oh, man. Oh, man, I screwed up. But in Acts, when persecution began to hurt the church, your Bible says this. Everybody fled except the disciples. Except those who'd already been through a storm. Except those who already went through some stuff. And no, you know what? I'm not moving this time. I'm not leaving this time. I'm not going away this time. But I'm going to stand and I'm going to fight. And there's something on the inside of me that's going to press through. And I'm not leaving Jesus now. I'm not leaving Jesus now. I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to stay here. <laughs> and the last thing that happens in our that I, I want to talk about, why storms, is that there are people on the other side of our storm. I believe this part of this message is just what God wants to get in your spirit. When you guys are saying, hey, I believe Kara is here because there's an impartation, I believe this is an impartation. About seven years ago, we um, went through probably one of the biggest storms I remember in our life, and during the time, we went on an extended fast. And really asking God, would you move? Would you move in our city? Would you give us a heart for your people? And my husband I had this experience with the Lord and where really God opened up and it was like God said, what do you want? And when you're in that moment with the Lord, it's like, you better be careful what you ask for, right? You know? And what he asked for was for souls. And he said, God, we want souls. We want broken people to find you. We want to stand before you one day with a sea of people who know you that would have never known you if we didn't exist. And something got deposited on the inside of us in that season. And, I, and I'll tell you this, not, it has never been the same since. Every weekend, 20, 30 people give their life to Jesus. Tina does our stats. I don't know exactly what they are, but they're between, wouldn't you say, 10 and 20-some people a weekend. 
It's not because we did anything different. (laughs) It's because God put something in us and said, I'm going to give you a heart for the lost. And there's going to be anointing to reach. There's going to be anointing to stretch. There's going to be anointing to love the unloved. There's going to be anointing to break out into the city and to reach those that are broken and hurting. I really believe that God's going to begin, you're going to begin to see salvation. You guys need to give an altar call every weekend because God's going to begin to bring people. Some of you, you're going to start inviting your friends because you just know, hey, every week they're going to get an opportunity to love Jesus. So, so there's going to be an invitation that's sent out. I believe that salvation, a fresh wave of salvation in your city is going to begin to happen. And it's going to start right here. God sees that. So the disciples, they get out of the lake, right? And who's on the other side? There's this man who's possessed with demons. And it says... Suddenly, they're at the other side of the lake, right? And they're like, phew, we made it. <laughs> we survived. I don't know. You got me there. Are you still, you still together? Yeah, my shoe's over there. You know, my coat's over there. I lost my hat. And all of a sudden, there's this man, the Bible says, is possessed with demons. He's tormented, cutting himself. There's people in Kingston that are tormented and, 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 and looking for hope and looking for healing. We get a compassion when we've gone through a storm that we don't have when life has been all wonderful and all perfect and rosy. We're like, oh, I understand. And there's a compassion that, that releases the, the love and the favor of God. So there's this demoniac. On the other side of Jonah, the Bible tells us we're 120,000 people in spiritual darkness. Sometimes we read over that, we just read about the fish. And we're like, hey, this big fish, well, Jonah, that's really cool. And he spit him out. That was gross. But why did God, why did God send Jonah? Because he cared about the 120,000 people in spiritual darkness. There's 130,000 people in Kingston in spiritual darkness that you, God has called you to bring the light of Jesus. God has called you to bring refreshing water. God has called you to go down into the well of, of the wellspring of heaven and bring it out and, and offer water and offer refreshing and offer joy and offer life and offer hope to people in your life. God's going to send you the very broken. It's going to be very messy. And it's going to be very beautiful. Our church is full of messy people, and it is my favorite. I love it. You come into our church, there's cigarette butts, there's people that smell like marijuana, there's people that are, you could, there are people that come in absolutely drunk. And I'm like, this is the best church in all the world. I'm like, you can take your high class country club people. I mean, I love that too. We have that too. But I'm like, I want to go into the darkest, most broken places and reach those that need the power of God. And I want to create an atmosphere where those people feel like they can come in and find hope in Jesus. We're celebrating every week, 52 days, 30 days, you know, 16 days. Hey, one day. (laughs) I didn't drink for the whole hour I've been here. Praise God. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's a true story. My son um, works in this environment that is very much like that. His boss is, yeah, anyway, but his manager came a couple weeks ago, um, as bound as you can imagine an individual being, sat on the front row of our church sobbing, sobbing, and sobbing. The power of God's going out to set him free and deliver him, and he'd lost his job because he was in such a mess he'd been fired, and that's the kind of stuff that's happening. That's the kind of stuff that's happening here. That's the kind of stuff that God's depositing on an increase for in your heart today. I want to show you, um, I want to tell you just three stories, and then we're going to close, right? Because we're, you're close. Yes, we are. I want to tell you a story about three people really close to me and some of the storms they went through and the people on the other side, because sometimes we just need to hear <laughs> a personal story to encourage us. 
if I go to the third and go to the first, if I switch order, will that mess you up? You're so awesome. It's not going to mess you up. Okay. So my son Landon goes to public school, and he'd been asking the Lord for Christian friends. He just felt like he was alone. And really, it was, a, it was a real storm for him. And he was asking God for friends. And we were sitting in our living room one night, and I said, how can I pray for you? And he said, Mom, I just, I really need Christian friends. I just need friends. And um, so God had spoke to him at our youth conference. He said, I'm not just going to give you Christian friends. I'm going to give you friends that become Christians. And so my son's like, all right. And he's, my son hears from the Lord. I'm telling you, he, he's got ears to hear. So I'm like, amen, Landon. That's what's going to happen. And so he comes he goes to school his freshman year at our high school, and which, yeah, anyway, praise God. So he says to me one day, he's like, Mom, I, I feel like there's this kid, named, this kid named Isaac that goes to school with me. And he said, I don't know why, but I just know God wants us to pray for him. And so we sit around in our living room, and so we all pray for Isaac. I don't know Isaac. I, he's a name, of a name of a boy that I don't have a face or a story to, but I know that if God puts Isaac on my son's heart, God sees Isaac. And God knows what he's going through, and and our family's just this way. Like, we're up. I'm like, they, my kids know, like, if they, if they love Isaac, I love Isaac. And they're like, especially my boys, because, you know, like, they're like, Mom, I'm going to bring him over. And they know I'm going to love the heck out of him. They know, like, hey, here's Isaac. And I'm like, I got you. And um, I'm going to feed you and let you sleep in my house. And you are my son, you know. And so um, we go to the football. We're at a football game. And, um, you know, the, like, our student section's all right here. And, and Landon gets out of the student section. And he runs over. He's like, Mom, 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 Mom. See the kid on the third row, about six people in. He's wearing this white shirt. That's Isaac. I'm like, I got you. <laughs> so we're praying for Isaac. Two weeks later, Landon comes home. He's like, Mom, Isaac's sister just died. I'm like, what? Isaac's sister just died. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Mom, her, his sister just died. I think that's why God put him on my heart. So at that moment, Landon said, will you come to church with me? Will you come to youth group with me? I didn't know Isaac's story. Isaac needed Jesus. And I'm so thankful that Landon obeyed. I'm so thankful that Landon said, I'm going to stake myself to someone. That's what kind of kids you guys are raising. You're raising kids who have a sensitivity. You're not, they're not going to high school. They're sent to high school on a rescue mission. Every day I pray over my kids. All right, you're going in. All right, you got this. I'm praying, God, I thank you that you're sending them divine connections. God, I thank you that you're giving them eyes to see. Because if we don't tell our kids why they go, they're going to go in insecurity and feel like they don't belong and that they're going to let the culture affect them. But I'm, every day I'm like telling them, this is who you are. This is where you're going. You're going to make a difference in our high schools. And I'm telling you, they're doing it. They just believed me. I'm like, they believed me and did it. It's great. I wasn't sure they were going to, but they did. And it's awesome. But Isaac came to our church and God met Isaac. And every, I, I, do we have a picture of, I, let me show a picture of the two of the boys. They're the boys. I have a picture. It's like the, oh, there it is. Okay. So, oh my gosh. So this is Isaac leading at our kids conference this year. Every Sunday, Isaac is literally, he stands right here by me. And every, almost every Sunday when I see him, I start to cry because no one else in the room knows Isaac's story. But I know Isaac's story. I honestly believe this. I think he'll be the, one of our next kids pastor at our church. Because he, every week, he's on the front row and he's crying and he's worshiping. And I was like, God, you knew Isaac. You knew that you wanted to love him, that you had a story that you wanted to write through him. And you, you let us be a part. And I'm telling you, there is no joy greater than being a part of what God's doing in people's lives. So this, this, little, this just for fun, because I have this big picture. This is Jose on the end. He lives in a little house behind our church. Well, you guys just said this center is in a, our, our church is like, 
in the rough, kind of one of the roughest neighborhoods of our whole city. And so, like, yeah, anyway, there's graffiti on our lights and homeless people. I mean, just our park is filled with homeless people. I love it. It's like I would rather have a church in the heart of the broken, most broken place. Anyway, this, anyway, this little boy lives just behind our, our church in one of the houses, and he just happened to be walking by one day, came in. And, again, Jose is probably the most sensitive kid to the Holy Spirit. When He's like the thermometer. Like, if the Holy Spirit's here, I look at Jose. If he's crying, God's here. And this is so cute. Like, how many... And these are like, so that's, that's my, so Landon is the one with the legs up there. That's him. But and then my, my 15 year old is like, I look over during service and he's like, oh, I'll do it to Tina because I don't want to. Okay. I look over and this is my, my 15 year old. He's praying. And Jose's sobbing. I mean, every time the spirit of God, and Landon knows if I lay hands on him, the spirit of God's already on him. It really looks awesome. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's why he does it. But he's totally hungry for the Lord. Okay, so there's someone on the other side of Landon's lonely storm. If Landon just would have said, why am I lonely? God, why don't you have friends for me? If he would have been asking the wrong questions, he wouldn't have been available to Isaac. All right, the next person I want to tell you about, these are two girls that I would say are in my inner circle. And one of these, um, the first girl is Esther. And Esther came to our church. She was uh, pregnant with her second child. Her husband had, it's, oh, that's, oh, sorry, go back, uh. Let's see. What else do you have? That, oh, one more. There. That's Esther on the left, okay? So Esther, her husband, Jason, was a horrible addict. If you can write a story for horrendousness in a home, this was happening to this family. So they had Aaliyah, their oldest daughter. She was pregnant with their second daughter, and she came into our church, sat on the second row, sat right behind me every Sunday, bawling and bawling. So really, she's a single mom. They had separated, um, and there was something in me that she, there was a hunger for her, and God met her in this season. Her husband went to treatment she, for a year, so she faced this incredible storm of raising babies by herself. She, he really wasn't able to come home. In the, in the process there, Jason's dad died. I mean, it was, you want to talk about a storm, this family experienced it. But, but Esther, I watched her grab a hold of Jesus in the middle of the storm, and that's when she became not just a friend, but she became a hero. Because I watched her believe for the best. I watched her stand in faith. And I watched her have boundaries like nobody's business. And she told her husband, you're not coming back in my house until you get your life together. And I'm moving on. But behind the scenes, she's just <sighs> worn in the spirit and praying and believing. And I watched God do a miracle in their family. Um, they now, full time, now they run a ministry called CTO, which is a ministry to young troubled boys. And there is an anointing. Jason just led offering in our church last week. And every time he talks, again, the anointing comes and we all cry and start weeping. Why? Because he's been through a storm. But let me tell you another story about someone else. Esther did not know. I have another friend named Mindy. And Mindy is going through the same storm that Esther went through five years ago. Mindy and Esther didn't know each other, but I knew Esther and I knew Mindy. And I said to Mindy, you need to meet my friend Esther. And so right now, my friend Mindy, which is with the, the next slide, this is Mindy, and she's an awesome warrior woman for God. This is her husband, and he was, um, he had just really was in a, a hard, hard place. He was an addict, really had lost all their money, was lying I mean, if you can imagine that this was happening in their house. She's coming to church every week. He would come in, but he didn't look the same because he was not the same. He's in treatment right now. This is a picture of this. She just posted this a couple weeks ago. And he's been at a teen challenge, and she's like, oh, my gosh. She's like, I don't even know what to do with him. He's reading his Bible and leading our family. And she goes, we go to the mall, and he's stopping everybody. He's like, I got to tell you my story. Well, he's a really timid guy, but apparently power of God's got on the inside of him. He's like, I got to tell my story. I'm just saying 
Esther didn't know when she was in the middle of the storm that there was a Mindy on the other side, but Mindy would not have made it without Jason and Esther. That's the connection that they had to go to Teen Challenge to find freedom. There are people on the other side of your storm, so hold it out, ride it out, and you're going to help other people find freedom. And the last story I want to tell you is about my son Thad. Um, he, Thad battled fear most of his life. Up until fourth grade, a severe fear. Uh, he, he wouldn't go to school. He'd go to school, and he would get a stomach ache. And the kids, if they went to PE, he'd sit in the corner with his head down because um, he just had anxiety and fear and, and new things. Anything new um, was really hard for him. Well, we named him Thad, which means courageous praiser. <laughs> you know there's power in our words. So every day we're saying, you're courageous and you're a praiser. So Thad had this battle with fear most of his life. Like, I went into his class in second grade, and they're calling him Thaddeus, which we've never, I'm like, did you even know that was your name? It's like months into school. I'm like, Thad, why didn't you just tell him your first name was Thad? He's like, he wasn't going to talk to his teacher. He wasn't going to tell anybody. If you know my son Thad now, you wouldn't believe what I just told you is true, because he's the most outgoing, courageous person I know. And there's an anointing, courageous praiser. And Thad has a, there's anointing on his life to write music and to sing. He's on our worship team. And he just wrote a song called Battles. Not Spotify and iTunes. Just let, that's the mama part of me. Shout out, right? <laughs> but it is powerful. But it's a song about fear. And it's a song. It says the, the battle's been won. The wind is changing sides. There's an anointing on the song because Thad went through a storm of fear. He got something in that storm that when he talks about fear, when he sings about the battle being won, my, my brother, my brother, who's not even serving the Lord right now, texts me after, because I shared on Facebook, you know, here's that song. He's like, I can't stop crying. I can't stop crying. I keep listening to this song. I don't know what it is. I can't stop crying. It's not because Thad's a great musician. It's not because Thad's got all that going on. It's because Thad grabbed a hold of Jesus in the middle of the storm. And there's an anointing that comes only from the storm, and there are people on the other side of it. This is a picture of a little boy named Ian. And this just, this was, um, was that Easter? What was that? It was just a couple weeks ago. Why does that have a bow tie on? Easter. Yeah. I was like, why does, he doesn't know. But there, oh, there's that. Look at him. He's so cute. Um, so this is Ian. And I'm going to close. I'll close with here kind of like, what are we? We're so ready. Yes. Okay. So Ian is battling. Um, they just got all, his bones haven't grown for years. His kidneys have shut down. Um, they were a family in our church, and then they had moved away, but they've been just coming back, and God's been ministering to them while they're there. Their other daughter um, is just all of a sudden going deaf, and so they're in a battle. They're in a storm, but uh, their mom sent me this video that I want to share with you the other day, and Ian, well, this picture was taken. I'll tell you the story about it afterwards, but this is a picture that they sent me. The Thad didn't know when he wrote the song that there was Ian on the other side, that there's little Ian's Okay, you're going to play this video. It's so precious. Don't cry. This is that song. It means, it means, don't be afraid God's stepping into the fight. Stepping in the fight. Who fights your battles for you? God. Right now. 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 Right now.
Is he the cutest or what? Impact Church. I don't know if you've been in a storm, but I believe God's given you something in the middle of your storm. I believe there are people on the other side in your life. I believe God's going to begin to open your life. I, begin, I believe the doors are going to begin to open for you, and the power of God's going to come through, even the brokenness. I think pay attention to your storm. Pay attention to the storms when they came. Why were they there? It's probably going to be the same avenue of healing. How many of you received that as a word from the Lord this morning for you? Amen. God has good things in store for you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 